1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the course Aviation Incorporated second quarter 2021 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in listen only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. If at any time during this call you require immediate assistance, please press star zero for the operator. This call is being recorded on Thursday, August 12th, 2021. I would like to turn the conference over to, to Natalie McGann. Vice President of Investor Relations. Please go ahead.
2: Thank you, Operator. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today for our second quarter 2021 conference call and audio webcast. With me today from course are Joe Randall, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Gary Osborne, Chief Financial Officer. We'll start by giving a brief overview of the results and then go on to questions from the analyst community. Because some of the discussion in this call may be forward-looking, I direct your attention to the caution regarding forward-looking information and statements, which are subject to various risks and uncertainties and assumptions that are included or referenced in our management's discussion and analysis of the results and operations of Corus Aviation Inc. for the period ended June 30, 2021, the Outlook section, and other sections of our MD&A where such statements appear. In addition, some of the following discussion involves certain non-GAAP financial measures including references to EBITDA, adjusted EBITDA, adjusted EBIT, and adjusted net income. Please refer to our md for a discussion relating to the use of such non-GAAP measures. I'll now turn the call over to Joe Randall.
3: Thank you, Natalie, and good morning everyone. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to negatively affect the aviation industry. However, there are encouraging signs of recovery increasing rates of vaccination are contributing to the lifting of travel restrictions in many markets and the evidence is there people are returning to air travel when they feel safe and free to engage in public these are unprecedented times and on territory and despite that we've managed our business well throughout this period and have consistently reported profitable financial results as evidenced by our second quarter net earnings of 12 cents per basic share, or six cents on an adjusted basis. We continue to generate positive cash flow from operations. We've successfully raised capital, reduced overall debt, and created additional flexibility by increasing the level of our unsecured debt. We've maintained healthy liquidity levels and worked with substantially all of our customers to further strengthen relationships for the long term. At the same time, given COVID-19 complexities and uncertainties which vary by region, we are realistic in that we have to, that we do have airline customers continuing to struggle in some countries that are still severely impacted by the pandemic and this has continued to impact our results. As Gary will explain in more detail, our second quarter earnings were negatively impacted by off-lease aircraft, lower lease revenue due to certain lease amendments, which included term extensions, and the 2021 CPA amendments, and a lower foreign exchange rate over the same period last year. As shared in our last report out, we hit important milestones that further strengthened the foundation of our business, such as revising our contract with Air Canada to our mutual benefit. We've also expanded our reach into cargo operations and the aerospace and defense sectors and put our repossessed aircraft to good work with new customers on long-term leases. These accomplishments are commendable given this very challenging environment, but not at all surprising to me when when you consider the incredible talent and expertise of our team. We've now placed all of our repossessed Dash 8400s with three new customers being Connect Airlines, Sky Alps, and Cobham, bringing the number of off-lease aircraft down from 13 at its peak to eight. I'm proud of our team's collaborative efforts in finding opportunities and delivering integrated solutions to place these assets. You may recall that we repossessed these aircraft in 2020 and reconfigured them for return to service at our facilities in North Bay and Halifax. Again, demonstrating our ability to manage every stage of an aircraft's life cycle. We're managing our leasing business prudently and are maintaining close contact with our customers. In the quarter, we collected approximately 67% of lease revenue, up from 62% in the first quarter. So as the recovery continues to gather pace around the world, we should also benefit from further increases in our collections. While we do see new leasing opportunities, we're maintaining a cautious approach and will be very selective until there's more certainty in passenger travel demand. We are expanding our reach into cargo flying through our three-year contract with Purelater and we'll look to grow this relationship. Our new agreements with Transport Canada and the Canadian Armed Forces have broadened our work in the aerospace and defense industries. We've already begun to upgrade and modify transport Canada's national area surveillance program fleet of dash eight and dash seven aircraft with new surveillance equipment. And our partnership with General Dynamics Mission Systems Canada to provide in-service support for Canada's manned airborne intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance program is in the initial stages as we spool up for the first aircraft delivery scheduled in the third quarter 2022 with the expectation of being fully operational by the end of that quarter. These are exciting developments for us. The impact of these long-term contracts will begin to positively affect Voyager's earnings throughout the second half of 2021 and beyond. On the CPA front, we now have all 25 Embraer 175s on property and will have inducted all of these aircraft into the Jazz fleet by the end of this month. As vaccination numbers in Canada improve and the spread of COVID-19 subsides, JAZZ's flying activity is increasing. With this expected increase, we've started to recall some of our frontline and administrative employees and will continue to do so as operations ramp up. As previously mentioned, our fixed fee compensation is set under the CTA and does not vary based on flight activity. I extend my gratitude to our employees for delivering another good quarter, especially in this challenging environment and for doing so safely. We have been very successful to date in mitigating the impact of this crisis on our business and remain confident in our team's ability to manage through the remainder of the pandemic. Thanks very much for your time and I'll now pass the line over to Gary.
4: Thank you, Joe, and
3: good morning. Here's how the second quarter of this year
4: compares to the second quarter of 2020. We generated adjusted EBITDA of 76.9 million and adjusted net income of 11.4 million in the quarter with decreases of 14.2 and 10.3 million respectively, resulting in adjusted EPS of six cents versus 13 cents in the second quarter of 2020. This was primarily due to the continued impact of COVID-19 on results, the effects of the recently negotiated CPA amendments that saw Air Kansas Express 70 to 78 seat operation being consolidated within Jazz, as well as reduction in earnings due to lower US dollar exchange rate. The RAL segments adjusted EBITDA decreased by 9.4 million, primarily due to lower lease revenue attributable to the continued impact of COVID-19 on results related to off-lease aircraft, negotiated amendments to certain lease agreements, including extensions, and lower earnings due to the lower US dollar exchange rate partially offset by additional aircraft earning lease revenue. As mentioned earlier, CAC has negotiated significant lease extensions with some of its lessees in exchange for reductions to its original lease rates, thereby strengthening its partnership with its customers and to our mutual benefit, despite our near-term reduction in lease rentals. These lease amendments result in reduced revenue over the remaining term of the original lease term, as they are accounted for as a new lease from the effective date of the amendments, with revenue recognized on a straight-line basis over the remaining term in accordance with IFRS 16. The, RASs, the RAS the Raz segments' adjusted EBITDA decreased by 4.8 million. The second quarter results were impacted by a decrease in fixed margin of 2.4 million in accordance with the CPA contract an increase in general administrative expenses offset by an increase in other revenue due to an increase in third-party MRO activity and contract buying, and an increase in aircraft leasing revenue under the CPA of $0.3 million, primarily due to nine incremental CRJ 900s offset by the removal of the Dash 8300 fleet and lower earnings of $3.7 million due to lower U.S. dollar exchange rate. Our quarterly earnings were negatively impacted by lower US dollar exchange rates, which decreased by more than 11%, moving from an average rate of approximately 139, 1.39 in Q2 2020 to $1.23 in Q2 2021. It's important to note the majority of our aircraft leases, leasing revenues are for both RAL and RAS are in US dollars, and we pay principal and interest payments in the same currency, thereby effectively hedging our currency exposure. Adjusted net income was $11.4 million in the quarter, a decrease of $10.3 million due to the $14.2 million decrease in adjusted EBITDA as previously described, an increase in net interest costs of $2.6 million primarily related to the 6% unsecured convertible debentures issued in April 2021, and the increase in debtness under credit facilities added in the second quarter of 2020, and a $1.4 million increase in adjusted income tax expense offset by a decrease in depreciation expense of 3.7 million, a decrease of 2.2 million related to foreign exchange, and an increase in gain on property and equipment of 2.1 million. Net income decreased 7.6 million over the period due to the previously noted decrease in adjusted net income of $10.3 million, a reduction in net unrealized foreign exchange gains on long-term debt of $10.7 million, and a decrease in income tax recoveries on adjusted items of $3 million, offset by a decrease in impairment provisions of $9.5 million in the rail segment, and a reduction in net lease repossession costs of $5.3 million. Now turning to liquidity. <clears throat> We ended the second quarter with $177.9 million in liquidity, an increase of $6.6 million from the first quarter of 2021 due to the positive cash flows from operations of $15 million, the receipt of the net proceeds from the 2021 capital raise of $138.1 million, an increase in cash related to changes in restricted cash and security deposits of $18.8 million, offset by additions to property. Property and equipment of $10.6 million, primarily arising from investments in the reconfiguration of off-lease and released leased aircraft. Debt repayments of $154.7 million, related to scheduled repayments of $49.1 million. Early repayments of amortizing term loans on six aircraft, totaling $71.7 million, and the repayment of all deferred amounts owing under aircraft loans of $33.9 million. Other key liquidity movements during the quarter include, the increased receivable from Air Canada of 20.1 million, primarily related to the controllable cost guardrail and increased flying and other activity. Increased rail lease receivables by 2.6 million and decreased accounts payable of 20.2 million due to the semi-annual repayments on aircraft leases and interest owing along with reductions in general trade payables. As of June 30th, the controllable cost guardrail was 10.2 million over the agreed cap of 20 million, and the excess amount was paid last month in line with the CPA agreement. We have seen Canadian air travel begin to spring back to life here in the second quarter. With that, we expect the current level of working capital requirements to continue throughout the remainder of the year as the CPA operations ramp up very quickly. As COVID impact varies by region and our cac portfolio is global in nature we anticipate that cac's gross lease receivable at 56.3 million u.s at the end of the second quarter could increase up to 60 million u.s by the end of the fourth quarter of 2021 which is consistent with our overall share last quarter planned capital expenditures in 2021 including capitalized major maintenance overhauls are estimated to be between 19 and 29 million This estimate includes between $8 and $12 million that will be included in the controllable costs and paid by Air Canada. Planned aircraft-related acquisitions are expected to be between $41 and $50 million in 2021. Actual spend at June 30, 2021 was $40.6 million. While there are no further significant capital growth expenditures forecast for 2021 at this time, We continue to prudently evaluate new transactions while also remarketing our off-lease aircraft. We are also focused on creating additional flexibility in our capital structure by paying down our adjusted net debt. By the end of the second quarter, we successfully completed a capital uh, raise with gross proceeds of $145.1 million and reduced reduced our adjusted net debt by $153.6 million. We also increased our percentage of unsecured debt to approximately 14% of total debt and brought our unencumbered asset pool to approximately 110 million US. We can we anticipate continuing with our debt reductions while evaluating growth opportunities over the course of this year. Before opening the call to questions from the analyst community, I would like to, to like to acknowledge the continued outstanding efforts of our team during the first half. Of 2021 in a challenging and evolving operating environment that concludes my commentary thank you for listening operator we can open the call to questions
1: thank you ladies and gentlemen we will now begin the question and answer session should you have a question please press the star followed by the one on your touch tone phone you will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be pulled in the order that they are received should you wish to decline from the polling process please press star followed by two. If you are using a speakerphone, please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Your first question comes from Kevin from CIBC. Please go ahead.
5: Hi. Uh, good morning, everybody. Thank, thank you for taking my question. Um, maybe I could just ask a question on, on FX and, and, and versus a year-over-year, a year, maybe just quarter-over-quarter. Quarter. So, so if I look at just the underlying trends uh, look to have improved from from Q1 into Q2, but but uh, I guess in both segments on a sequential basis, your adjusted EBITDA Dow was down roughly three million um, uh, in, in, in both your segments. There, just just wondering if you have to frame it like how much of that sequential decline was due to the strengthening sequential CAD versus maybe some of the other moving parts you, you highlighted. Yeah,
4: I think if you look at this, Kevin and Gary here. Uh, good morning. Um, when I look at uh, you know the FF, the uh, year-over-year decrease, uh, if you look at Q2 this year versus last year, it was almost a 16 cent decline, which was about 11.4 percent or 11 and a half. So you can see it was pretty significant in the quarter. And throughout the MDNA there we do uh, show show the impact in the various units. And uh, with that, um, you know we we did have a pretty substantial impact year over year, if you look to last quarter, which was kind of a level setting period for us, uh, as you know, because we did the CPA amendments and there, you know, there was a lot of uh, uh, pieces at play, and it is a good uh, proxy, even just from last quarter, we saw nearly a 4 cent uh, decrease in the average rate. And, you know, that impacted us by almost $2 million across the, the business, I think around 1.8, if you, if you look at the uh, average exchange rate. So uh, you can see in our disclosure, we put in the average exchange rate in the back table. And uh, just to highlight it, while we don't have foreign exchange exposure per se, in the sense we pay debt in the US, we earn revenue in the US, we do have that translation issue. And we just wanted to highlight that for everybody um, as we move ahead so that you can you know, look at your modeling and, and your, your figures and, and adjust accordingly. Because we are seeing you know, some short-term
5: Volatility in that U.S. dollar amount. That that makes sense. It, 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 and I apologize if it's in your disclosure here. Um, do, do you have a like a rule of thumb in terms of? Uh, I, I appreciate your your naturally hedge throughout the PL there, but just from an EBITDA or or even an operating income perspective, every you know penny move in the in the in the CAD is is X dollars yeah. to your EBITDA or operating income. Is, is there a rule of thumb we should be yeah. thinking about here?
4: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think when you look at the foreign exchange exposure on to adjusted EBITDA, you should be looking at the revenue uh, on, uh, for the leases under the CPA. That was about $35 million in the quarter. And for RAL, the uh, adjusted EBITDA is all in U.S. funds. It's a U.S.-based uh, entity. It does have some euro loans under there, but it is a U.S.-consolidated entity into a Canadian. That was about $25 million in adjusted EBITDA. So if you, if you use that, those two as your proxy for the impact, you would look at a one cent change in your exchange rate you'd have about a half a million dollars roughly in the quarter so uh, okay. annually it's about two million dollars
5: okay that is super helpful thank you yep. um and maybe just turning back to, to 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 the ramp up here maybe first you know as you as you bring you know labor back on as you as you rebuild the network uh to reflect the improving outlook for domestic travel can you remind me how the CPA covers this? It, it does seem like if you look at South of the border, some of the airlines are having some issues bringing this on to, to the extent that there's some level of, uh, let's call it, inefficiency. Is, is this covered by the CPA, or, or do you have to kind of predict this pretty, pretty accurately and, and any, 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 uh, any miss kind of gets borne onto your P&L?
4: Okay. So back to the amendments with the CPA, we are exposed only by the $2 million plus or minus on the guardrail. So mm-hmm. what ends up happening, Kevin, is we ramp up here, what we're seeing is we're investing, obviously, more training and startup costs. Those are covered under the CPA, and that's why you've seen the, a bit more of an investment around $10 million in the quarter mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And, it'll, you know, we expect to see that investment continue along. So our exposure is limited to the plus or minus $2 million on the guardrail despite the, the startup. So look at it. Uh, there is no P and L impact other than the two million. It's a working okay. capital investment we'll make over the balance of the year.
5: Okay, that, that's helpful. And just last one for me, kind of on the same, on the, along the same vein. There, just as you're calling people back, are, are you seeing any issues in terms of labor availability, or, or even and bottlenecks, uh, you know, in terms of training, or, is, or has it been pretty seamless?
3: Uh, no, well, the ramp up has been very fast. Uh, okay. You know, we've been adding a lot of capacity for Canada. Um, but generally, um, you know, there, there are, there's an occasional hiccup, but uh, it's going well. People are coming back to work, et cetera. So, um, you know, before too long, things should be very, very even and, and settle down. Um, but obviously, when you have an operation that's coming back as quickly, um, it can be challenging on any given day operationally. But, um, but overall, I have to say, things have been going well.
5: Excellent. It's nice to see travel return here. I'll I'll leave it there. Thanks for taking my questions. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Your next question comes from Cameron from the National Bank. Please go ahead. Uh, Thanks very much. Uh, Good good morning. Um, A
0: couple of questions on the, I guess, the the aircraft leasing business. Um, You know, you've done a pretty good job of of remarketing the the Q400s that uh, that you repossessed. Just wondering if you can talk a bit about the prospects for the uh, eight remaining aircraft that are off uh, off lease?
3: Yeah, um, well, you know, we hope to have positive things to say about this uh, soon, but uh, we are making progress. Uh, we're optimistic, um, you know, so uh, stay tuned. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, the team has done a great job of reaching out in the market and finding opportunities. So um, we are optimistic about placing the majority of the remaining airplanes uh, in the not too distant future.
0: Okay, no, that's that, that's great to hear. Uh, and I guess, sort of secondarily, is is if assuming you do get those aircraft back on lease, uh, given I guess the renegotiated rates you've had with with some of your customers uh, in return for some some lease extensions, uh, you know, is, is this a can this be a, a profitable business again uh, going forward, or, or do you is there something that's Changed it all fundamentally, um, you know, or, or do you actually need to have all those aircraft back on lease uh, to to get back to to a net profitability?
3: Well, you know the the lease rates are lower. There's um, there's a surplus of airplanes that have come out as a result of the pandemic. The market is now absorbing some of that as it comes back. So you know the lease rates for those repossessed airplanes are are certainly lower than the original lease rates. Um, And, you know, I expect that will probably occur on repossessed airplanes for the next little while, but, um, you know, the outlook on the business is actually uh, pretty positive because we believe that as the market comes back and there will be a good demand for regional air travel and that more carriers will be interested in leasing airplanes than uh, were previously because you know their balance sheets have been um, hit by this as well um, so um, you know I, I think the business is is going to come back there's no question but the big question for everybody is exactly when and um, you know as you can see in the media every day one day you're optimistic the next day there's somebody rains on the parade and um, you know it's it's challenging but um, you know it's going to take a little while um, you know, we've worked to keep the aircraft that we have with our customers in place and productive, and, you know, while we've, uh, we've, we've worked with them in terms of their, uh, their payments, uh, you know, the good news is that we're extending terms and that, um, you know, the time at which we will get this fleet back will be extended into the future. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's tough right now, but, uh, you know, we're optimistic that things will come around. And uh, Cameron and Gary here. I think a couple things
4: to note. We've had 13 aircraft off lease, and we'll get those back to work. So the revenue will start to, you know, uh, come in for those aircraft. We've also, uh, as you noted in our disclosure, paid down just over 70 million dollars of debt down below in RAL. So that'll certainly help from that side. And I'd also point out that you know some of the cost and, and expected credit loss that you're seeing, you know, um, you know, we hope over the course of time those will come down. So. You combine a lot of those things, and we do expect to you know, return to some level of profitability here as we move
0: ahead. Okay, no, that, that, that's helpful. And maybe just lastly for me, just a quick um, modeling question uh, just around, uh, around depreciation expense because it's, it's, it's moved around quite a bit in, in recent quarters. There's been uh, you know, some unusual things happening as well. I'm just looking at the, sort of the Q2 depreciation number. Is, is that a, kind of a good run rate uh, based on the, the current fleet size that you have right now?
4: yeah I would think it would be uh cam um it's you know we've gone through a few um adjustments as you know with the c p a and uh with all that I think it's a pretty reasonable run rate moving
3: ahead yes
1: perfect all right appreciate the time
3: thank you.
1: Your next question comes from sean Levine from t d Please go ahead
6: thanks good morning um maybe just touching upon uh Cameron's question in a bit of a different way. If we look at the leasing segment, uh, obviously a sequential decline there in revenue in U.S. dollars uh, from Q1 to Q2. Um, That's despite some of the Q400s starting to generate revenue again. And, you know, you mentioned in the prepared remarks that there were certain lease amendments. I'm wondering if you can expand on those lease amendments a little bit, uh, perhaps touching on how this could impact other customers if, know, industry lease rates are coming down.
4: So it uh, sorry it's Gary here. So in the quarter, uh, yeah, you're right, uh, we came down in US revenue. We and when you converted over into Canadian, obviously the foreign exchange was in there. And then, you know, we had the lease modifications in there uh for uh for those or the lease amendments. When you look at the aircraft we just placed, they had a minimal impact in the quarter uh, because they got placed during the quarter, so um, there's not a large impact from those. But, uh, you know, moving ahead, you know, we're going to look for win-win situations with our leasing clients and uh, look to, uh, you know, create value. When we look at it, it could have some uh, impacts like you saw, but, uh, you know, we continue to try and minimize those as best we can and, and create the most value we can.
6: Okay, thanks. Um, and then, just looking at the, um, the Dash 8 aircraft that have, uh, have recently been removed from the CPA with Air Canada, um, I know there's a, a number of options available to you for those aircraft, um, including just selling them, leasing, parting out, or using for cargo. I'm just wondering if you can update us on how conversations with potential customers are going for the monetization of those assets?
3: Yeah, we're continuing to uh, assess the market and, you know, it's time dependent as well because, um, you know, we need to be careful in entering into any type of an agreement to sell or lease these assets at very, very depressed rates when you feel the market could be coming back and being stronger, which we do believe is the case. Um, so we are looking at different options for the airplanes um, you know there are still a number of them in the CPA that are being operated and will be operated um, you know until probably the end of the year or slightly into the new year so um, so you know the aircraft are active et cetera. but we continue to see these assets as being very valuable and it depends though on the timing and um, you know exactly what we do so it's a work in progress Um, but I I really can't tell you more than that. Other than, you know, we believe these Dash 8 300s are very valuable. The 50-seat airplanes are, are, you know, there's only one manufacturer. It's very expensive, a new ATR 42. Uh, And these aircraft have a lot of life. As you know, we put the life extension program into these airplanes to extend their life uh, by another 50% over the existing life. And um, you know we believe that as the market comes back, there will be good demand. And as well, you know we're making progress in the cargo business as we talked about there. And uh, you know we've converted a number of the Dash Eight One Hundreds and are looking to uh, to do more of that. And these are assets that we have as well that uh, are presently idle. So um, you know I think we've got good leverage going forward in terms of how we use these Dash Eight Classics. Uh, um relate through our Voyager operation.
6: Great. Thanks for the color. I'll pass the line.
1: Your next question comes from Matthew Lee from Accord. Please go ahead.
7: Hi, good morning. Um, you know, maybe I'll just uh you know rephrase a similar question to my peers here. Um you know on a constant currency basis, you know, with all the puts and takes in the leasing business, are you expecting uh, you know, constant currency revenue growth sequentially in Q three and Q four?
4: Um, you know, when we look out over the next number of quarters, uh, it would be very modest. Uh, we, those three aircraft, based on what we have uh, announced today, those three aircraft would have very modest impact. So it would be pretty flat.
7: All right, fair enough. And then maybe on the uh, you know Raz side, can you maybe discuss any you know one-time SG&A impacts that may have impacted the quarter? I think EBITDA was just a little bit lower than it's been over the over the past four quarters, and I'm just trying to figure out if there was anything that.
4: Impacted there? Yeah, no, there's there's nothing out of the ordinary. We do have you know plus or minus you know a couple million dollars that go through in any given quarter. Um, when I look back, even to lot, you know quarter over quarter, Q1 of this year to Q2 this year, um, you know it doesn't take much to uh, move the needle. But we just have small amounts that make their way through. Sometimes they manifest themselves a little more in one quarter than another. So um, you know I don't think uh, I don't think uh, I would read much into that other than that piece and on the uh, you know so on that's on the right side right right
7: and then just lastly from me you know the 65 million dollars that you quote in terms of valuation for the dash aids, is that what they would be currently valued at at what you would consider depressed levels? so I mean there's upside from that number yep. um, as they mm-hmm. continue to grow? yeah
4: so the, the way that works is when you you assess them you have to look at the current market value or what you think the aircraft are worth and when we assess them, it was in the current environment. So the answer is, you know, it's based on where we see it today. Um, can't comment on where it'll move in the future, other than, you know, we feel those assets are, you know, uh, you know, fairly valued, and and we think there there's there's going to be a market for them moving ahead. So. All right, thanks. I'll pass
5: the line. Yep.
1: Your next question comes from Walter from RBC. Please go ahead.
4: Hi, it's uh, Ronald Stroud calling in for Walter. Good morning, everyone. morning. You're a little muffled, Walter. Oh, can, can you hear know, be me better now?
2: Better now? A
4: little, uh, that's better. a little better,
6: yeah. Okay. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so, so my first question, just with the, the $155 million being put towards debt reduction during the quarter, does, does this mark a material change in your near-term and, and maybe even medium-term
1: plans to procure new aircraft and grow the leasing
4: business? Sorry, I didn't get the full question. I got the 155 million in debt reduction. You're you're very muffled.
1: Sorry, does, does, does that mark a change in your in your plans to uh, procure new aircraft and grow the leasing business?
4: Uh, no, we continue to look and assess for prudent and, and you know creative transactions in the leasing side. Uh, the the pay down in debt, you know, was our way of uh, certainly uh, bringing down our adjusted net debt and right sizing the balance sheet in, in, in that. So um, it doesn't impact at all how we're assessing the market and how we're moving forward. We continue to look, look forward for, for good transactions.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, that's helpful. And then just a quick question kind of on, on the Delta variant. And, you know, we saw Southwest come
6: out and uh, recently reduced their their near-term outlook. Um, have you seen a, a similar impact at all from the Delta on-fly activity at some of your regional leasing customers,
1: or has it been pretty muted this far? Yeah.
3: You know, I, I think I got the question you're, you're you're a little muffled. I think it's the effect of the Delta variant and the utilization on the fleet uh, and our leasing customers. Um, you know the the utilization of the fleet uh, by our leasing cu- customers continues to improve, which is a good sign. Um, so uh, you know each of these countries is in a different place, certainly. but um, you know, as we've said before, especially in some of these developing countries where they have some of the greatest challenges, um, you know, our fleet provides uh, essential services in terms of remote areas and things of that nature. So, um, the utilization is increasing, but still has a ways to go.
1: Okay, okay, that's it for me. Thanks, everyone. I'll pass the line. Your next question comes from David from Cormac Securities. Please go ahead.
5: Uh, thanks. Good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning. i I just wanted to circle back on. The regional leasing uh, third party leasing revenue uh, and get a sense on, on how many of the, the 52 leases that you have outstanding have been negotiated lower and how many are, are still in negotiation today
4: so you know we won't go into the existing customers we've been working through those but the three aircraft that got placed were certainly lower than where they started um, if that answers that question, but we can't go into the existing customers.
5: Okay, but uh, can we expect more pressure on that that revenue line item going forward? Then,
4: um, you know, right now we're we're seeing it as flat. But look, the, the reality is the COVID variants and, and the industry is still, um, you know, making its way through it. So there is possibility that there could be uh, uh, some more noise in that as as we move ahead. But certainly, we're looking for the win wins in in this situation. Um right, so that's the way we've been uh, that's
3: the way we're approaching it. yeah, I, I think it's probably best to look at it right now. Uh, uh, you know we don't want to be super optimistic or super pessimistic is that it's steady as it goes. Yeah. Um, you know we we have some customers that uh, have not uh, have uh, had the lease rate and the lease agreement continue in full effect and others that have been been challenged. So it's really a mixture. Yeah, and as we mentioned in the quarter, you know, uh, once we strike one of these
4: agreements, it's a new agreement, and it gets accounted for the revenue based on that new agreement over a straight line basis. So, you know, if new agreements come up, you could still see more of that. But you know, we continue to work with our clients to recover as much of the original lease as we can and obtain the best benefit we can.
5: Okay, and then. The planes that you guys have re- remarketed and, and it might be entirely coincidental that they're all Q400s from the same customer, uh, but is there a preference that you're seeing in the marketplace between the aircraft types like the, the Q400s may have more demand versus the ATRs and CRJs?
3: No material difference. Um, you know, it's just that the customers that um, we placed those airplanes uh, with had specific circumstances that made the, the uh, Dash 8 400 more appealing. But the ATR continues to be a, a very marketable asset, um, you know, and they continue to manufacture the ATRs. Whereas, of course, uh, you know the Dash Eight Four Hundred manufacturing is uh, on a pause. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think, um, you know, because there are no new airplanes, it may help with some of the placement of the older ones there. But uh, it's hard to say. Both assets are are really very well accepted. And um, you know the majority of what we have left of the uh, of the aircraft we have left, we have six ATR uh, 72s and two CRJ 900s. So, uh, but uh, again, you know, on the turboprop side, um, you know, this is a market that we feel is is resilient and will be and demonstrate that I think as it comes back because of the special geographies and. Conditions that this fleet operates in
5: okay. That's helpful. That's it for me. Thank you
1: Ladies and gentlemen as a reminder should you have a question please press star followed by one There are no further questions at this time. Please proceed
2: Thank you, operator, and thank you, everyone, for taking the time to be with us this morning. Uh, We'll now conclude the call and uh, wish you a good day. Thank you.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lines.